Welcome to uh, another episode of Well the Deal Is, the podcast from Calvary Ballard Church. Andy's actually here in the room with us for once. We're not I, talking to him on the phone. I am. Hello. Uh, our new mic stands are not tall enough. That's what I've decided. David's hunching over, so... Uh, today we're going to talk about something, but before we get to that, David, what's our water cooler talk for the day? Our water cooler talk today is um, from a scale of it's not a big deal at all to it is the worst thing known to man. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the weird like cutout thing in the iPhone 10 on the screen? Oh, the, the, you know the, the top about? of the bezel. Yeah, the top of the bezel. Like. What? Where the earpiece is? No, no, no. So uh, if you look at an iPhone yeah, 10, where the earpiece is. I'm gonna have to look at it. And you there. look at the screen. Uh-huh. The very top of the screen, uh, there's some sort of sensor that cuts in. It cuts a divot into the top of the screen. So, for example, if you try to play a video, Sorry. Hello. that um, that divot will show up. So you don't have a screen real estate there. It's just gonna have a weird like black cutout. Oh, I see it. Yeah. We should, if we were in a podcast, we would show you. But you, yeah, we'll, can look we'll it up flash on the that on the screen for the TV viewers. Yep. So that, but that is where the earpiece is. Uh, I don't I know mean, what you mean by that. Well, like the, where you put your ear, where the yeah, sound. Yeah. The sound okay, comes I see what of. you're saying. Yes, correct. Um, so when it plays video, it's important to note that when you play a video on your iPhone and you hold it sideways, the way you should hold watch a video, because if you watch a video with your phone vertically. You're stupid. But anyway, uh, so if you if you hold the thing sideways, I believe it just cuts that off. So it doesn't sh- it doesn't like intrude into the screen part of the video. Right. But yeah. but with an iPhone 8, it'll show the entire it'll use all of the screen. It won't cut anything. Well, yeah, off. but the screen's smaller, so it's still less video. I mean, right. it's still less pixels of video. Right. So basically to solve for that Apple has created black bars on either side of the screen yeah. when you're holding it that way. The real question is, should you spend $1,000 on a telephone? That's a good point. <laughs> uh, that might be the more real let question. Me, let me tell you, I don't think it's a big deal. And yeah, I ha- I'm a bit of an Apple fanboy here, but I also don't want an iPhone 10. But I think if you have one, it's something that, like it's dumb from a like a objective standpoint but i think after like two minutes of using it you just don't even notice it right i mean it's a very interesting choice in that i don't know why they got to that part like i don't understand why they did that but i also think that like if i had an iphone 10 i don't care and like the other thing is the reason they put the bars on both sides is because the bottom of the screen is rounded and so you're not going to want to watch a video where you can't see it all because of the roundedness anyway. Right. <laughs> that's just that's just what I think. I mean, what does the new Samsung phone do? Cuz they know. they do a they do a better version of this. So <laughs> they the, can, they do it so there's no weird cutout. Well, yeah. And that's <laughs> So fine. what's the deal? Like why why is Apple why? I don't know. I feel like I feel I, like there I, are ways around this. Okay. Ever since, I'll tell you what, ever since Steve Jobs died. Oh gosh, we're going here, aren't we? Apple doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, right before Steve Jobs died, they introduced the best thing they'd introduced in years, which is the MacBook Pro with Retina display, as you see here, both in front of me and Andy. But um, that was like the last great thing they introduced. 
Yeah, but see, on the Galaxy S8, the screen actually doesn't go all the way up oh, to the edges. Oh, right. It has okay. tiny little bezels on the top and bottom. Okay, here's the thing, because I think you're you're going to an argument that we've all had separately of sure. Apple post Steve Jobs, right? So let's let's yeah. just go there. Let's we're, just go we're there. living in the Tim Cook era. <laughs> so I, Tim I, Cook, not the visionary. Right. So there is the there is the operational. I think that they call it an operational CEO versus a visionary CEO. Yeah. Right. Steve's jo- Steve Jobs was a visionary CEO, as was Satoru Iwata. Right. And so I don't know who that is. Nintendo. Okay. So the theory is that you tend to flip-flop between the two. Once yeah. you have a visionary, you flip to an operational and back and forth. So I think the funny thing is if you compare Apple now with Microsoft, mm-hmm. Microsoft has flipped, right? They have Satya Nadella, and since he's come on board, they've released all of these surface line of products, all these kind of, I mean, I guess you would say revolutionary products, products that didn't exist before, right? They weren't yeah. just creating different versions of the same thing. Um, and so it's interesting to see the comparison of the two because now Apple is basically iterating and iterating yeah. on basically the same thing with minor tweaks. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's incredible. You look at the original iPhone and it looks basically the same as the current one. Not, not obviously it's it's tiny and it's fat and it's gross, but I just mean like they really nailed it with the first design and so they didn't have to change that much. Right. And like as, as polarizing as the iPhone X has been, like looking at it, I'm like... I still like it. Like, I still like it because of how solid the original design was. Like, you look at the first three iPhones up to the 3GS, they're all basically the same design. The 4 cut, cut it in half, like... The uh, back. The back cut is it in half thickness-wise. Yeah. And then the 4S was obviously the same. 5S, pretty much the same design with a better screen. And then the 6, you know, basically went to the Samsung sizes and just made it bigger. But other than that, basically looks like a five, and then except it's rounded instead of square. Like they really, the changes have been very, very small up to the weird screen thing. And the, I mean, the same is true with honestly with the Samsung Galaxy phones. They're all, they all look basically the same. Um, and the screen got really big all of a sudden. But that happens with every phone these days. When are we gonna go back to the handset that's ergonomic, like the old school, like telephone, like you can hold it in your hand. There's a big. Uh... Earpiece on the top, mouthpiece on the bottom. Do you want that? I do. I don't know. Why? It's nice to hold. I'll tell you why. What you really actually do, you're, you're not just saying that? <laughs> it's really not. Okay. Have you ever like had a really long conversation on a cell phone where you're holding it up to your not face? Not in years. Because you just plug in that's headphones. not because And you just text. Okay, He's having long but... conversations outside of pastors. I do. Dude, so we well, delayed the recording of this so that you could finish a long conversation with work That people. was a meeting. Which is a, a meeting on a computer, which is different than a phone right, conversation. So but you should to, to finish this up so we can get on to our actual topic. I just wanted to say um, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if you like the phone, you like it. If you don't like it, you don't buy it. I, don't, I, I mean, True. it matters. We'll judge you. It, I won't. I don't care. Tommy's going to judge you. I'll judge you if you buy a Samsung phone. Those <laughs> things are bloated and they don't run well. If you're going to get an Android phone, go with the Google made ones. They're the only ones that actually run Android. In yeah, pure, pure Android. Form. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, uh, we'll be right back. So, what I wanted to talk about today. Yeah, what are we talking about? The National Football League, NFL. also known as the NFL. Nice. Professional American football. And how are you going to tie this to so Christianity? My and question the Bible? is: So, first off. Andy, I know you're not a sports person. We actually we should gauge the room before we start. Okay. 
David. Uh, am I like doing a scale of one to ten? Well, one okay. to ten. How so much do you like football? I was at your house for two different football games this year. Uh, you liked it. You enjoy it. You talk about it, but you're not like into it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's good. You're you play fantasy football sometimes. Yeah, casually. Yeah, I'm a casual sports fan. But like you know, you'll watch it. But if your wife's birthday is that day, you'd miss it. Yes. Yeah. And Andy. I'm a, I was a casual sports fan in the 1980s. Okay. So like when Lawrence Taylor played, Lawrence Taylor. Phil Simms, like New York Giants were, you know, okay. on top, that kind of thing. So that was, you know, 25 years ago, I was the yeah. casual so what, what about enjoyer now? of sports. Uh, same thing. Like if the, I'm, I'm a classic Seattle fan. Dude, like I if know. I don't <laughs> think you're a casual sports fan. If the Seahawks, I don't think you can claim that. <laughs> I think you're less than a casual sports fan. If the, if the Seahawks are in the Super Bowl, I'm interested. So that's if less. Not, that's less than a casual <laughs> sports fan. It's a it's a classic Seattle sports. Okay. Fan. Oh, that's so, pretty. Div- that's pretty. I don't know if we should keep that in there. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey, I'm for from my first Seattle area. Let's see. Uh, I you know class. This is the classic Seattle story. I got really into football when Russell Wilson showed up. Bold statement. And um, not Hasselback, didn't he? Wasn't he? I don't uh, like him. I started with yeah, Matt but Hasselbeck. he was good though, right? Yeah, he's That's, good. We went, didn't we go to the now. Super Bowl in two thousand five? Yeah, we did. Yeah, there you go. Uh, see, I, see, I know some sports anyway, facts from I'm a, I'm a, this millennium. I was basically uh, <laughs> twenty twelve through twenty fifteen massive Seahawks fan. Like you couldn't stop me from talking about it, watching it. I had to watch every game. I watched every snap, pretty much. Uh, except when I was at church, but even then I would skip or watch on my phone. Anyway, um, which actually we'll we'll get to in a second. But I got pretty disillusioned. Uh, thirty up thirty one zero when the Panthers went up thirty one zero against the Seahawks in the playoffs uh, two years ago. That's when I was done. And so twenty sixteen, I was really in and out. I watched most games, but I just didn't really. I wasn't in it. My heart wasn't in it. Twenty seventeen, I got all hyped again. And then right around uh, whichever game, the second game, Blair Walsh really screwed up for us with the kicking. Uh, we missed a game by like a field goal. Anyway, that's when I was out. And I was like, well, you're not going to do it, you know. And after the Arizona game where Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman were both out for this season, I was like, you can't, you can't make it to the, in the playoffs without these guys. Like, we could have made it to the playoffs without them, but we weren't going to make it far. And that was obvious. But... Uh, I think on top of just not wanting to be in it as much because they haven't been as good, I've been disinterested for, for bigger reasons than that and been more interested in baseball. I mean, I'm saying all this. I showed up today to the church in a Mariner's sweatshirt and a Mariner's hat. So clearly that's, what's, that's where my heart is in sports right now. And there's a lot of reasons for that, and we're going to get into that. So first off... I mean, um, in conclusion, in case anybody's wondering, Tommy's a massive sports fan. Yeah, that's, that's where fair. you that's where you lie. You're but definitely my my allegiance has switched over the last two years to baseball much stronger than football. Right. Um, and why is that? Well, that's, that's another story. Oh, OK, all right. Uh, Go ahead. So I think that there's a lot going on with with football that is not great. And obviously, on the surface, you look at it and you just see the injury concerns, specifically with chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Whoa. Did I get that right? CTE? I have no idea. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy. We'll fact, you, fact check you in the editing. Yeah, sure. Phase. Your encephalopathy goes bad. <laughs> Your yeah, actually, that's what it is. Um, 
That's what it is. It it's when your brain starts deteriorating due to multiple sustained hits to the head. And um, it's bad for you. Usually, uh, typically, if a player's had more than two concussions, they're at a really high risk for it. If they've had one, they're at a high risk for it. I mean, basically, most most former football players whose brains were checked for it have it. Um, there's degrees to it. A lot of guys kind of go insane. There was actually a baseball player, interestingly enough, who had it, who killed himself a couple wow. years back. Eesh. But not a lot's known about the disease, and you can't really diagnose it until somebody dies. And so there's not really a way to study the behavior of people who have it. But it's essentially it's a degenerative brain disorder where your personality changes a lot. I saw an interview with a guy who was in the military, and he came back, and he basically knows that he has CTE. I mean, there's not a scientific diagnosis yet because you can't do that on an alive person but his his wife was talking about he's just a different person now like he's just completely different hmm. and um, a lot of people think OJ has it and that's why he kind of went nuts but obviously it is prevalent in all sports it's not just football but the thing that scares me about football is that it's like ultra present you know it is everywhere right it's a contact it's full contact sport yeah. yeah especially with linemen right offensive and defensive linemen. And that's all they're doing every snap they're just bashing their right. heads into the guy in front of them right. the whole time and um yeah it just it really it really started to affect me and it really started to affect my enjoyment of football but that's not what we're talking about we're talking about whether or not christians should enjoy the nfl whether or not christians should enjoy slash support the nfl because i feel like as i as i you know try to be a better i mean person, does that include just, just watching a game yeah okay um as i try to be you know more of a christian a better christian a better person more christ-like as you know i find it harder and harder to watch football christians tend to really like football and it's weird i mean when the when the seahawks three years ago made it into the championship game what did we do at Malik Terrace? We stopped church a half hour early so we could watch the game in the sanctuary. Yeah, I was there for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a good thing. I was talking to a friend of mine, and I brought this up, and he said, if you can't beat them, join them. Like, if you can't get people to not skip church, just move church. Move church so that people can watch it at at the church or that they can go to church and then watch the game. And I thought, are our priorities right with that? Like, is that a good thing? Hmm. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that, Andy? There's two parts to whether it's a good thing or not. One is, would be, um, generally, no, I think, you know, we, we shouldn't let things that interest us keep us from church. Now, even with church, like church is more than just hearing a sermon. It's all of it. It's the fellowship, it's the worship, it's the, you know, eating, serving, all of those things together as church. So you're not just missing a sermon, you you know, catching it, I'll catch the sermon later. Mm -hmm. It's still, you're still missing the rest of it. Like what if you, you know, you didn't show up to Thanksgiving, like, oh, I'll eat later. Well, that's not (laughs) what Thanksgiving is. It's not just eating a meal. No, it's a big part of it. It's totally a big part of it. Arguably the biggest. Yeah, (laughs) Sure. But it's still Thanksgiving so much more. The is arguably the biggest part of church. But again, that's arguable. Yeah. Yeah. You could say other parts of it. You know, the giving of thanks is is just as important, yeah. maybe maybe more. Because otherwise, it's just a meal. 
Now, that being said, I think kind of as a maybe almost a counter to that, I'd say if it was like once a year or even less, like, yeah. you know, the, the, your, te- your team makes to the Super Bowl. Like, I, I don't think it's the end of the world to change one church service one time for yeah. that. Now, if, again, I mean, you know, there's, what is it, 52 weeks in a year? Like, if 51 of the weeks you, you know, you're, you're doing this, and then one special week a year, yeah. I don't see that, that it's like a, the end of the world. Yeah. And especially even if it's less than that. Um, that's my opinion. I mean, I, you could argue otherwise for sure. But, um, you know, I, I don't mind doing special things once in a while. Now, if it's just, uh, you know, I mean, if it's for the enjoyment of all those people, that's great. I mean, there's people who don't like football. There's plenty of people who don't like football. Yeah. So I think, you know, some, you know, you, so the question would arise, like, you're going to do this for football, but you're not going to do this for women's basketball or yeah. for, you know, and I don't know what else they play on Sunday morning, maybe the Olympics or something, mm-hmm. which is once every four years. Yeah, maybe it's even rarer than the maybe, NFC Championship game. <laughs> maybe someone's really into losing, yeah. and they want to, you know, switch over because the next losers from Seattle. No, I, don't, I have no idea. Sure. Um, so that would be the second part of that. Like, mm-hmm. so you know, changing a service once a year or whatever or less, fine. Yeah. But are you going to start doing that for every possible thing that we do? That's where it gets a little bit more hairy yeah. in my mind. And. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think that I found this amazing blog post. It was actually posted by a guy named David Mariah on the Huffington Post. Um, it's, I don't, it's the Huffington Post blog. I don't know exactly what the deal is. I don't know if I could open a blog on Huffington Post or if they have to approve it. I'm not sure. But it's on Huffington Post blog. <laughs> and it's called, Will Jesus Watch the Super Bowl? And it, it brings up some interesting things. Um it says, most thoughtful Christians realize it's silly to pray for God to help my team win the big game, but does God even want the game played at all? Might he be offended at the very spectacle of football in America? Christians would be wise to ask themselves some uncomfortable questions here. Is the cozy relationship of faith in football an unholy marriage? Has the time come for us to take a hard look at what we enable when we buy tickets and team jerseys and cheer the big game on in our fellowship halls? Are we guilty of turning a blind eye to a very ugly aspect of the game, the increasingly obvious and undeniable destruction of the bodies and minds of those who entertain us. People of any belief system claiming to value the well-being of our fellow man and women, men and women, uh, should take a hard look at these questions, but Christians have a clear scriptural imperative to treat our bodies, and by extension, others' bodies, as temples of the Holy Spirit. And I think that that really spoke to me when I read this a while back when we were first trying to do this subject because I'm like, yeah, I don't, it's, it's kind of almost like watching a TV show where guys just sit around smoking or something where it's like, I mean, that's a weird example. I guess another example would be like getting Doug with high, the, the Doug Benson web show where he just smokes weed with people. I mean, it's kind of like that where it's like, okay, these people are doing something that I, I think is like bad for you. Should I just keep watching? I mean, a, a good example, again, would be like man versus food. Like, this guy's just trying to stuff his face because it's a ch- local challenge and it's funny. But, like, should I even support this as somebody who thinks that God wouldn't want us to do this? Yeah. And I don't even know if God doesn't want us to play football. I don't know. But when you look at other sports and you look at how relatively safe they are, obviously there's injury risks in basketball, baseball, and soccer, but they're 
they're much more akin to the kind of injuries you'd suffer doing any everyday task, you know, like a broken ankle, torn muscle here, there, not like repeated concussions all the time. Yeah, that's a good point because I think someone who'd be who would be playing devil's advocate would say, well, you know, I think there's examples of God using football for good, right? There's Christian pro athletes in the NFL. Like who, Kirk Cousins. I don't know who that is. Washington quarterback. There you go. See that that's why you are that's why that's why you're the sports. <laughs> he's guy. he's a really he's he's a good role model. He's outspoken Christian and has, right. seems to have a good relationship with his wife. Right. And so in that sense they'd say, well, you know, God has given person X a platform and they have used yeah. it to do X, Y, and Z for to further the kingdom. So yeah, football is great. So, I mean, it's, it's hard. I think there's two main, two main arguments that you're kind of getting at. One is where do we prioritize football? Yeah. You're using the example of, you know, how often do we skip church to do it? I mean, that one I think is a little easier to solve, right? Like if you're doing it all the time, it shows where your priorities at. And yeah. if it's football over the church and God, then that's bad, right? If you're doing it every once in a while, it's it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. That one's easy to solve. The second one is harder to solve, yeah. which is the actions, the negative actions that come with football um, by watching and supporting football. You're supporting those kind of sort of, right? As far yeah. as injuries and stuff go, like what do we do there? And I think when I'm faced with a muddy gray area, I try to look at the two extremes. So in my mind, like I take, I take a sport like table tennis. Sure. Right. No one is getting hurt in table tennis. At, at worst, sprained wrist. At, at worst, absolute worst. At worst, a sprained wrist. So if someone asked me, is it okay to ask a Christian for me to watch table tennis? I'd say, well, obviously that's totally fine. As long <laughs> as it's, you know, you're not prioritizing over going to church or whatever. Yeah, and then like any entertainment, you know, in moderation, et cetera. Right, and the other extreme is, you know, ancient Roman gladiator fights. That one's pretty easy. Like, I'm pretty sure God does not want people killing them each other with swords. So, just for sport, just for sport, right? So, so where does football lie? Well, that's that's the harder question. Why is somewhere in the middle? Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if there's an easy if there's an easy answer for it. If there's an easy yes or no. No, I don't think there is an easy answer, and I think that's why, you know, people in positions of religious power, you know, prominent pastors haven't really said anything about it. Right. Yeah, there's the the question is, and I think this is goes into it, I mean, we hear this, seem to hear this a lot now, whether it's political or athletic or any of these areas, are we complicit? Are we, you know, yeah. somehow by spending money, resources, time, supporting, in some supporting way. it in some way, are we complicit in what these people are doing? And... It's true. I mean, I think the, you know, you start, you do start down the road of this. I mean, like I remember, it makes me think like I went to the Puyallup Fair. We go to Puyallup Fair most years, but a couple of years ago, and there was the guy being shot out of the cannon, the cannonball man. Yeah. And that cannot be good for you. No. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, talk about like concussions and <laughs> I mean, that guy's being hurled at, I, what I could only imagine is a hundred miles an hour outside of that cannon yeah. physically with just his body and helmet. And maybe other pads that I'm not aware of, but um, so you know, it it get it does it's, it is a rabbit hole. There's yeah. a rabbit hole of, you know, it makes me think of that scripture. Um, to that to to one who I'm gonna butcher it to the one who knows it is sin and does nothing, or to him it is sin, or something along those lines. But basically, like if you know, if you believe it's sin for you, then mm-hmm. and you still do it anyway, it is sin. 
Like, I think that principle, and I, again, I kind of butchered that scripture. I'd have to <laughs> look it up. It just came to my, my head. But um, I think that's the thing that we have to follow. We have a conscience. And if you have a sensitive conscience towards things, I mean, like a question, another question that comes up these days a lot is, for instance, with Bill Cosby's infidelities, should we ever listen to his comedy again? Is the work itself tainted so much so that I mean, we it, can't enjoy it, it or are not... we complicit in listening to it? Well, or enjoying it. A, Bill Cosby's issues were not infidelities. We've forgiven a lot of entertainers <laughs> with infidelities. What he's accused of and all likelihood points to guilty of was that he... Right. Yeah, it was much but more is, heinous than just infidelities. But yeah, the point still stands. Is yeah. Like, there's this band I really liked, Brand New, and turns out the guy was like sleeping with 16-year-old fans. And like, it's really hard. I couldn't... I tried to listen to them since then. Couldn't do it. Yeah. And like... I think it, it, it's really hard to, like, see, especially when, you know, owners, like, aren't, are reluctant to give player-friendly contracts and want to sign all these team-friendly deals so that they can save as much money as possible. Like, it's hard to look at that and be like, oh, yeah, these guys are killing themselves to give you money, right. and you're not even going to give them whatever whatever it is. And, like, you know, obviously all pro athletes are overpaid, I think, but proportionately to how much the league makes and to how much other athletes in basketball and baseball make football players are actually underpaid. And it's, it's a weird thing to think about. Um, I mean, guys at the top aren't, but the, the middle to bottom paid guys are underpaid in comparison to baseball and basketball. Hmm. Um, actually I think basketball is equally top heavy, but baseball, all the deals are player friendly and they're all fully guaranteed. Um, and you know, like I said, they're all overpaid compared to the average person. But it is weird when you see it, like, they get into these weird little arguments about these tiny little details, and it's like, no, the guy's, like, dying. Can you just give him money? Like, what are you doing? And to me, like, that's a hard thing to watch is because NFL owners, to me, you know, I mean, they obviously don't think any of this is a problem, or at least they're shutting it all out. And so, I don't know. It's, it's, It's really hard to, like, it's just... I think it's just something that we have to think about and, and pray about and wonder like what what is appropriate behavior in relation to the sport that we all really like. Yeah, you know, I do I do think it kind of goes back to what Andy was saying, which it is a little bit of, especially when you have a gray area like this, it is a little bit of to each his own in the sense of, you know, if you're being, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you of something, listen, right. you should listen to that. You should be sensitive to that. With that said, if it's not, necessarily convicting someone else and it's definitely a gray area yeah then it's a little bit like it talks about i think in romans paul talks about you know if someone says thinks they shouldn't eat meat then you know don't get on their case about it right love them yeah like don't don't cause them to stumble so i think in that sense you can kind of take a page out of what what paul is saying is you know just because you know maybe tommy has doesn't want to support the nfl doesn't mean that you have to get on his case about it if you disagree. Right? Yeah, what I mean, you? I'm saying all this, okay. and I'm watching the Super Bowl tomorrow. I right? Mean, no, 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 totally. Like, <laughs> that's the problem. It's Super like, Bowl it's Sunday. Sunday, tomorrow Saturday. Sunday. I'm still like. It's like we planned this episode. I still. Oh, I mean, it's tomorrow. I still like it. You know, I want to like it. I want to not have these feelings, and I want to be able to just kind of forget about all the problems and just enjoy the game. Yeah. You know, it, it part of it too, I think, is 
the money and the enjoyment of it. Because there's plenty of professions. I mean, even things like coal miners. That's a job where you expend your body. Like it's yeah. it's a very dangerous job. Now there's people who do it for forty and fifty years, but no one comes out unscathed of coal mining. No. Um, you know, there's plenty. Even even people like pipe fitters, they all have bad shoulders. A lot of a lot of the trades, they're those tra- a lot of those trades destroy your body. Yeah. The difference would be that we don't. Um, you know, we don't pay to watch people do those trades. Yeah. We're not, you know, so there's, I, I think there's plenty where there's a lot of human capital that gets, I mean, you know, even as ancient as like the pyramids in Egypt, they get built with over the blood of hundreds and probably thousands of people. They get destroyed by doing that kind of thing with their bodies. Yeah. So, but it's not for their enjoyment slash, um, you know, competitive. It's not for the theater of it. It's not for the theater. Yeah. There's not too many things. I mean, I think that's the one difference. Like when you're talking about theater, like violence in theater, I mean, at least as far as I know, typically like you're not like when you kill somebody on, uh, in a movie, they're not, you're not actually killing that person no. in real life. You're pretending to, Now, sometimes people do get hurt. Um, with the depictions of sexuality, it's different because they're actually oftentimes doing some version of what they see on screen. And that's yeah. one of the reasons that I think I can't watch sex, uh, depictions of sex in movies because they're actually doing that. Yeah. And I don't or think, something very close to or it. Or something very close to it. And I don't, I just think it's personally, I think it's inappropriate and, and um, too, too much. Okay. So I think it's, in this case, it's more the same thing. Like, and it's for, these things are for our enjoyment. And I think it gets, I think there goes are good questions to raise for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, to that point, um, it makes me think of a conversation I had with my wife recently where she is really passionate about living sustainably and, you know, respecting the environment and nature, you know, that God has created. Now, there's a... Hence l- the Prius. Hence the Prius. Well, that wasn't the reason, but anyways, <laughs> sure. And, you know, the thing is, there is a lot of really awesome Christians that don't really care about the environment. They yeah. just They just don't. And as we discussed in episode two... Right. Probably should. Right. And but but that's the thing is there is a lot of things to be worried about, right? And and things to feel feel passionate about. And there's just there there is too many for any one person to be worried about all yeah. of them. And I think there is something good about the spirit moving in someone and stirring something up in them that causes them to do something. Like like you with football, like I have not had this thought with football. Ne- never have I had this kind of conundrum with the, all of these aspects. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you are, um, I think, says something. And I think that's how that's how change is driven, right? Like I think of the civil rights movement. It's not like at some point the entire nation woke up and said, "Oh, right, this is not good." No, no it people was, hated them. It was a very few select people who felt very yeah. passionate about something and then did something and then a change happened. That's yeah. how it happened. And so it, it's it's weird to remember, like or it's weird to think about, like they were more controversial than everyone. You know, like Martin Luther King was like the controversy of Black Lives Matter times ten. Like people <laughs> hated that guy. Yeah. People that you wouldn't even think in your everyday life are racist. It's like how dare he do all this? It's like and then we look back in history and we're like, oh, yeah, a lot of people were on the wrong side of that argument. Right. And like, um, and I think that here 
it might be a similar thing in the future where it's like we look at this and and it's like oh yikes i think that another thing that that is weird to me is just how big nfl or how big especially college football but also the nfl is in the south and yeah. especially because the south kind of ties their brand of christianity into everything they do well have you seen a uh, last chance you yeah. netflix okay yeah it's a very good example and it's like they all think that they're doing this for god and a lot of them probably legitimately are but they all use that as their that thing. analogy of yeah and they're always like you know it's just team team you know it's a team game we're just trying to fight for the lord we're trying to do what he has for us and it's like okay but you also grew up thinking that's the only thing you could ever do and like you probably haven't thought it totally through for yourself mm. and like are you sure that that's what god has for you because god usually has more than that for a lot of people yeah and not that that isn't anything, but like, especially in Last Chance U, where it's this, like, basically the school where all the kids who couldn't get into real college go to play football. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's not, maybe that's not what God has for you. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting here to judge. It's just, it's interesting to look at it and be like, oh, they just, that all they know is football. Right. Because to them, it's so tied to their religion because they watch football games probably in their church every week. You know, it's interesting is I think when we're talking about being convicted or, the you know, especially as it relates to these gray areas, I think generally people fall into three categories. You have first category is someone is not convicted at all. They don't even think about it. Second category is someone is more or less personally convicted. And the third category is someone is very convicted and they're very verbal about it. And I think... All of those things have their their own their own value. I think this the middle one, which just sounds like you're kind of leaning in, is a lot of times the spirit is convicting you to personally abstain because it's affecting you, right? Yeah. Um, it may not affect everybody, and but it, it's affecting you. One one quick interjection is like one of the things that really woke me up to this and like really made me feel that I should not take not care so much about football was that. Um, after that playoff game I was talking about where the Panthers went up 31 nothing at halftime um, once that game ended and I knew the Seahawks were out of the were out of the season I just kind of felt the weight of the world lift off my shoulders and I was like well god just told me to stop caring about football <laughs> and like it totally that was it yeah and then the next day I was listening to sports radio and they were talking about when pitchers and catchers report and I was like I think if I'm going to like a sport, I should like baseball. Like, honestly, I know that's super weird, but like, I think that was honestly God saying like, okay, this guy really likes sports, but there's stuff going on or he doesn't want to watch football anymore. So like, in order, instead of taking that passion completely away, just redirected it. I know that sounds weird because like sports are so frivolous and we should, you know, in a perfect world, we'd probably not care about them. But like, because I'm so because it was something I was really passionate about and you know want to write about and stuff, I think he redirected me to something that was more. I don't know something I could focus on without feeling all these thoughts. Right. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's a good point. And it really did feel like God did it. Yeah. But anyway, you're talking about these three kinds of convictions. Yeah, and so I think so. That's the second one. I think the third one is you know you were you are so convicted you're forced into action. 
And I think God, you know, God uses that to cause change. So I think the point is, you know, especially with these kind of gray areas, you know, everybody lands in a different place and all of that has a purpose. The first person who isn't convicted, some, sometimes there's people who just aren't affected by things and God uses that. He sends them to places where there's a lot of craziness and man, they just kind of truck through. They don't even, they're not super sensitive. They're able to just deal with stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all of those three instances, you know, they, they have their place and they have, have their purpose and they're different for every person. And again, I think this really falls into gray areas. There's, there's obviously things and situations that the Bible talks about that specifically calls out as right mm-hmm. or wrong, but specifically in gray areas, I think that's kind of the three categories, at least that I've seen personally that people tend to fall in. Yeah. I think that's good. Um, I just think, I, I know I didn't really read from it, but I just love the name of the article, Will Jesus Watch the Super Bowl So Much? Um, it's actually a pretty good read. If anyone wants to look it up, just type in Will Jesus Watch the Super Bowl. I think it brings up some good points. Um, I actually found one article. I'm having trouble locating it. because Anyway, it basically said, like, don't worry about it. Everything's fine. And I was like, what a weird stance to take as a pastor. Um, only because, like, he like refuses to acknowledge that there's any problems with the institution of American football. And I was like, that's such a weird thing to write. But I looked it up and he was in Georgia. <laughs> and like, I'm not saying everyone in Georgia is obsessed with football. I'm just saying like their culture is so built around well, it. Pretty close. Well, their culture is so built around it that like people don't really know what else to do. And I think that, you know, we can fall into the same trap with weirdly enough with like coffee in Seattle. Oh, yeah. I mean, every church I've ever been to in Seattle has, like, insane amounts of But let's coffee. be real. Jesus wants you to drink coffee. That's <laughs> I'm not very sure that's true. easily stated in okay. the Bible. Remember our friend Claire Chavez? She has this huge thing about how she can't, like, how, about how she didn't want to be drinking coffee anymore because she doesn't think your body should be dependent on a foreign substance. Sounds like heresy. I think there's some truth there. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready to give up caffeine. But when she first said that, I was like, that's so dumb. But I, that stuck with me for a long time. And I think that there's, I think that we each, you know, different subcultures in this country each have their own issues that kind of get in between them and God. And I think, you know, with us, you know, a few years ago, I think it was football when everyone was obsessed with the Seahawks after they won the Super Bowl and they went to another one. Right. They lost. Yeah. No, I mean, I think. And- <laughs> And I think that's become less of an issue. And I also think that, um, you know, it, now I think our issues are, are different and they're harder to define because they're not as singular. Right. But but I think that's a good point, right? There's there's these three different categories and they're applied to a myriad of different issues, whether that's coffee consumption, whether you should get a tattoo, whether the NFL yeah. is good or bad, whether, you know, MMA is good or bad, right? There's, I oh, think it's that, way worse than the NFL. Well, yeah. But I think that's the point is, you know, I think I think the overall arching advice, the practical go do in my yeah. mind, it's so simple and like basic, but I think it's still the case is, you know, be be seeking after what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Be be focusing in on Him so that you're sensitive to, you know, His conviction and in, in your life, right? I think yeah, I think this is one of those. Oops, sorry. I think this is one of those situations where, much like. As weird as this is, this, this is a very odd analogy. But what else are we here for? 
Much like, you know, kissing your girlfriend before marriage. This is one of those things where there might not be a simple answer. And it is between you and God and your personal convictions and what he wants you to do. Right. And I think that <clears throat> what he wants you to do. Sorry, that was a very, very bad phrase. It was like very, I just choked on it. But uh, I think it is one of those situations where we don't know. You know, we don't know God's exact thoughts on the NFL. And well, our job as Christians is to find out what he wants us to do. And so it's all a matter of our personal convictions. And it's hard to, it's hard to live with that when you aren't sure. Yeah. You know, and I think that one of the reasons we do this show is to have clear answers on things. And this isn't an instance of that. Right. And that, you know, the last few haven't been the, the, uh, should you have kids, you know, where do you stand on feminism? These are things that are, I think, up to up between you and God, and they're not necessarily a one-size-fits-all answer. The key to doing what God wants you to do and the key to knowing where your convictions lie and where he wants you to be is to be in an open relationship. Right, or, to know him, to be open, close to him. An honest, honest. And, and frequent relationship with him. Right. Be a frequent prayer, frequent reader of your Bible. We're releasing this on Sunday. Oh, right, I'll watch okay. the Super Bowl tonight, Okay. and I'll feel fine about it. Yeah. And I'll think... I don't know how many more of these the NFL's got in them. Right. Because their shoe's going to drop. I mean, they, they, they can't live with this. You know, people aren't going to... I mean, I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they find a way to safe, safety up the game. And I hope they find a way to, like, you know, deal with this. Mm-hmm. And I hope they can keep it going. But it does seem kind of precarious. It's it's a gateway. The NF, This NFL question is a gateway into a myriad of other issues. Yeah. And I, th- I think it was good. I'm glad we talked about it. Any, the way I look at it is it's the same with, if you take away all the injury concerns and you just look at like the church's obsession with football and what we should do with that, because we are talking about two things. We're talking about should Christianity be so tied in with American football as it is? And I think we've basically decided that up where we are in Seattle, in the churches we've been to, we've both been to two churches together for most of our lives. Those two churches, I feel like, have a pretty good grasp on what it means to be a Christian and a fan of the NFL. I don't feel like they are too obsessed with it. I don't feel like they, you know, I feel like it's it's appropriate. You know, one church service rescheduling over the past, you know, 20 years I've been there is not a big deal. So we have that issue of the church is tied in with, with football. And we have the other issue of what about the injuries? Does that affect the game? But if we're just saying it, should the church be tied in with football... I mean, it's like any entertainment. You can watch it, you can enjoy it, but just don't let it take precedence. Right. Don't let it rearrange your life. Don't let it take over your emotions. Just let it be something you do with your friends for fun. Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad uh my 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 uh low level goal was for you to do an episode thingy and you you have successfully done it. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, I actually know what I want to talk about for the next one too. Boom. And the next one we have a guest, actually, which I haven't told you about. Whom? Uh, well, we'll leave that for next time. All right. So that's a tease. Yes. All right. So that's... Um, bye. See ya. See ya.